Well, welcome back, everyone. It's great to have you back on campus. To see such more, so much more activity on campus than what we've had the last few weeks, uh, those of you who haven't been around would not know, but the deer actually come down on campus during the uh, time whenever you're away, because they like to be able to walk around on campus when there's less activity, but now that you're back, they'll go back into the woods, unfortunately. Today we return to ordinary time. Yesterday we completed our celebration uh, of the season of Christmas. And in many ways, it's very appropriate for us to start this academic semester uh, during ordinary time. It's not that this time is ordinary. As our bishop often says, it's an extraordinary day in ordinary time. But it's because we count the weeks uh, in which we celebrate the liturgical year. This week, we're in the first week of ordinary time. And in many ways, when we complete our celebration of Christmas and begin this new academic semester today, we're starting off on a new foot, returning somewhat to the day-to-day -day activities of life here on campus, the day-to-day -day activities of the liturgical year, to be able to continue to, to unpackage during this liturgical year all that happened during the season of Christmas and how it impacts us how it changes our lives, and how we are to respond to all that happened over the Christmas break. Today, we hear in the gospel the story of Jesus calling the first disciples at the beginning of his public ministry. He called four disciples that we hear about today, two sets of brothers, James and John, Peter and Andrew, all of them fishermen. And we hear in this description from Mark's gospel how when Jesus called them to be his disciples, to follow him, they dropped their nets. They left everything behind. They turned away from their, their employment to be able to respond to what Jesus was asking of them to do. Certainly, he, they needed to be able to trust in a certain way that what God was asking of them, what Jesus was asking of them, would be something that would benefit them, that would help them to grow in their relationship with God, something that would challenge them, but ultimately, that if they were faithful to God, that he would take care of them. Each one of us, through our own baptisms, have been called to follow Christ, have been called to be his disciples, and we hear those same questions asked of us that were asked of the original disciples. To drop our nets, to come and follow Jesus, to do that without reservation, and to do that also trusting that God would take care of us and trusting uh, that he would be there to protect us if we remained faithful to him. Oftentimes, I think about you know, this, this trust that the disciples were able to demonstrate in being able to quickly respond to Jesus' invitation. How could they have continued to be able to be faithful despite the challenges that they experienced in their lives as faithful disciples and to be able to turn their backs on so many things, yet always trying to do what God asked of them? And I think the thing that really ties them to the being able to do what was asked of them is their experience 
The encounter is the time that they were able to spend alone with Jesus, the time that he was able to strengthen them and nurture them with the teachings of the gospel, to be able to spend that time with them, to be able to show them how much he loved them, how much he cared for them, and how much he was going to protect them. How is it that we too are able to respond to those invitations? What is it that gives us the strength to be able to respond just as the disciples did in the gospel this morning? What is it that continues to strengthen and nurture us so that we can be faithful sons and daughters of the Father? Oftentimes I think that the thing that unites us all here at the university is our devotion to the Eucharist. I mean, each semester we begin with the celebration of the Eucharist as a university family. Because we are united around this table of sacrifice, because we are united in our desire to be strengthened and to be nourished with the bread of life, so that we then too can respond to all of those invitations that God gives to us, to be able to continue to be faithful men and women, faithful sons and daughters of the Father. That happens quite often over in Christ the King Chapel and occasionally here in the Finnegan Fieldhouse where we celebrate the Eucharist. In the residence halls, too, we celebrate Masses from time to time. And in the residence halls, you have the benefit of having the Blessed Sacrament reserved in your chapels as well. But there's a very special place here on the campus of Franciscan University where we're able to totally experience and encounter the body of Christ present to us on the exposed Blessed Sacrament. Over in the Portiuncula, we have 24-hour perpetual adoration where Jesus is present there 24 hours a day, day or night, for each one of us to be able to go there to be with him, to be able to receive the graces, the strength that he wants to pour out upon each one of us, to be able to help us to do the things that he asks of us, to be able to know of his love for us, to be able to know of his compassion and mercy for us, to be able to pour out our hearts before him and ask him for his wisdom, his grace, and his guidance. The port is a very special place. And in the, the history of the Franciscan movement, the Portiuncula, which is in Assisi in, in Italy, certainly was a very special place for the early followers of St. Francis and continues to be to this very day. Many of you who have been able to participate in the Austrian program have been there. You've seen this beautiful space. You've seen and experienced the spiritual graces that are being able to be poured out upon us by being present there at the Portiuncula. It was a place where many special things happened. The early followers of St. Francis gathered there. They lived there. They lived in the area around the Portiuncula. It was the place where St. Clare was received, and she started, along with St. Francis, the Order of St. Clare, the Poor Clares. And ultimately, it was the place immediately adjacent to the Portiuncula where St. Francis himself would return to the Father. The port throughout history has been a place 
where the Franciscan followers have returned to be that kind of spiritual retreat where they were able to gather together, to be able to pray together, and to be able to continue to ask God for the graces that they needed to be able to do the things that he was asking of them. For us, it has that same special significance as well. It's that place where we're able to go and pray. But the port here on campus is much more than a quiet space to be able to spend time alone with our Father. It is the place where we know that the Blessed Sacrament is exposed 24 hours a day. It is that place where we know that God is truly present. It is that place where we go to be strengthened and to be nourished, to be able to do all those things that God asks of us. A few years ago, Pope now Emeritus Benedict XVI said, The Son of God comes to meet us and desires to become one with us. Eucharistic adoration is simply the natural consequence of the Eucharistic celebration, which is itself the church's supreme act of adoration. The act of adoration outside of Mass prolongs and intensifies all that takes place during the liturgical celebration itself. We gather today to celebrate Eucharist together. It is that special grace that we have to be able to continue that celebration through our act of perpetual adoration in the Portiuncula. And we know that our university has been blessed in many ways through our many years of participation in perpetual adoration. Certainly the faith life here on campus is very vibrant is very much celebrated, not only in the Eucharist, but in the other sacraments as well. We have seen many men and women religious and priests arise from our faith community. We have seen many holy men and women enter into the sacrament of matrimony as well because of being present in the Blessed Sacrament at the Portiuncula. We know that many of our students, many members of our university family, have come to a better understanding of the gospel and that deep desire to be able to spread the good news of the gospel through participation in perpetual adoration. We need to be able to continue to foster that devotion, to remain committed to perpetual adoration, and to remain faithful to our commitments to participate in perpetual adoration. Each academic semester, at the beginning of the semester, the chapel office asks us to be able to sign up for a commitment to be able to participate in perpetual adoration. To do so is a special grace. It is a special obligation, a special ministry that those of us who participate in perpetual adoration have. We, too, as a university, but also as individuals, will be specially graced by God by participating in perpetual adoration. It is important that if you sign up, if we sign up, to be faithful to those commitments to be present for perpetual adoration. Oftentimes, uh, you can imagine that I have to go to various meetings in my role as the president here. And sometimes I commit to an obligation 
And later on down the road, another obligation comes up that I have to decide how I'm going to be able to handle those two conflicting goods. And if either I get a, a substitute for me for one of those obligations or try to rearrange the schedule so I can participate in both, but sometimes that doesn't always work out. Sometimes I have to say no to the second opportunity because I'm committed to the first. The same is true with all of the various good things that happen here on campus. There are many, many activities that occur simultaneously. And I don't actually know how you can choose between all of them, but it's important that if you sign up for adoration, that you remain committed to that time slot. Remain committed to participating and praying on behalf of yourself, but also on behalf of the university family, on behalf of the universal church as well. Each one of us, in many ways, is called to be a disciple, just as we heard in the gospel this morning. One way in which we are strengthened to answer that call to discipleship is through our participation in the Eucharist, through our participation in adoration, through that special grace of participating in perpetual adoration. We also know that if we do so, God will continue to bless us. God will continue to gift us, to grace us with all that we need to do to be able to drop our nets, to be able to continue to respond just as those early disciples did in following Christ without reservation. Think about what our lives would be like if we did not have that grace here. All of the challenges that we experience in our world today, tempting us, trying to tell us that what we do as faithful Catholics is not something that the world expects of us, not something that we should even expect of ourselves because it is too demanding. But the graces that we receive through participation in the Eucharist and adoration will be what strengthens us and encourages us and allows us to be faithful to those challenges that God gives us. And we know that God is grateful we know that he will continue to pour out those blessings upon us, that he will reward us for our faithfulness, and that he will always feed us with the bread of the finest wheat to be able to help us to do all that he asks of us. Amen?